to Inspiring Wholeness, presented by Advent Health, in partnership with the Orlando Business Journal, featuring people who make Central Florida a better place to work, live, and play. In this episode, we'll discuss recent breakthroughs in breast cancer research and genomic testing in personalized medicine. Joining us, Dr. Lisa Minton, a board-certified general surgeon specializing in breast care, and Dr. Wes Walker, Director of Genomics and Personalized Health at Advent Health. Well, thanks to both of you for joining us. Dr. Minton, I want to start with you. Breast cancer is one of the most common types of cancer in the world. More than 265,000 people will be diagnosed with it in the U.S. this year. Talk about the importance of regular screenings and self-exams. So as far as screening goes, with the technology that we have with mammography, we can detect very early breast cancers. And for those patients who are receiving routine screening, their cancer tends to be diagnosed at a much earlier stage, which translates to improved survival. For those women who are performing self-breast examinations on a routine basis, they tend to find their lumps are half the size as those who find their breast cancers who weren't performing self-examination on a monthly basis. The stress or importance of performing self-examination has waned over the years because the technology of screening mammography has improved considerably with the advent of digital tomosynthesis or 3D imaging that is now available across the country. Now, breast cancer also impacts men. Can you talk about what symptoms men should be on the lookout for and when they should see a doctor? Well, a lot of men do develop breast lumps over their lifetime, especially during puberty. They'll develop uh, what we call gynecomastia. And then also, unfortunately, our patients who deal with prostate cancer are prone to forming breast lumps or gynecomastia because of the hormone treatments that they receive as part of their prostate cancer treatment. But a man should explore further evaluation with imaging, including mammography. If they feel a lump, if they see any drainage come out of their nipple, or if there's any skin changes like puckering or dimpling, those are the important signs to investigate further and not just accept it as something that will possibly go away. Well, that's good to know. Could you highlight some of the most significant recent breakthroughs in breast cancer research? Our research has developed a number of new drugs for the more aggressive cancers that were previously without much hope. These are the triple negative breast cancers, and so there's more targeted treatments that exploit pathways that these cancers utilize to reproduce, enlarge, grow, and spread. Also, there's a lot of antibody-based treatments, what we call immunotherapy, for our patients who have what we call estrogen receptor positive disease or HER2 amplified disease so that the antibodies can attach to the cancer cell and deliver a payload of chemotherapy drugs that are delivered directly to the cancer, causing it to die and regress so that the patient could either have surgery or potentially be cured of their cancer. 
Now, we know that Advent Health specializes in focusing on whole person care. Could you discuss any innovative treatment approaches that have emerged here in the past few years? At Advent Health, we have what you would call a multidisciplinary breast cancer clinic that has been in play for over five years and is now at multiple campuses through the Central Florida region. The multidisciplinary approach has been shown to improve outcomes for patients because it allows the patient to meet with her entire team that will be involved in her treatment. This includes a medical oncologist, a surgical oncologist, such as myself, as well as a radiation oncologist. And most patients do benefit from a combination of surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, and anti-hormone or endocrine therapy as part of their treatment. Being able to meet with her entire team and formulate a plan at that time helps expedite their treatment and get them on their way to recovery much sooner. Now, we hear a lot about genetic research. What role does genetic research play in identifying breast cancer risk and potential treatments? Well, only about 15% of the breast cancers that we see can be directly linked to a genetic mutation. That being said, we truly believe that that number is much higher because of the restrictions placed on some patients regarding insurance coverage for genetic testing. So for most of our patients, we can usually find an excuse to perform that genetic testing because not only will it help guide what surgery they choose, but it may help identify other organ systems that are at a higher than normal risk for developing cancer and would change how those patients are being screened for those particular malignancies. And Dr. Walker, I want to turn to you now. In 2019, Advent Health began laying the foundation for the Comprehensive Genomics and Personalized Health Program. Could you provide a brief overview of what genomics is and how it differs from traditional genetic testing? So genomics is really the study of a person's DNA. And DNA, you know, our DNA is basically divided into segments and we call those genes. And we all have roughly 22,000 genes, but everybody's genome is different and kind of what's what makes you an individual. Just at a high level, genes provide instructions for how proteins are made. And then proteins are really the workhorses for the body in terms of structure and function. So if you have a problem with a gene, you're likely going to have a problem with a protein that results in a problem in function. And that is kind of what we characterize as disease. So genomics is really looking at how a person's entire genome affects kind of their healthcare journey over their entire life, be it from early risk identification, prevention, diagnosis or treatment if they do develop some type of medical condition. Could you walk us through the process of genomic testing and how it's utilized in personalized medicine? Sure. So one example of that in our genomics and personalized health program is where we look to identify those who are at high risk of developing hereditary cancer through an electronic survey. So we're deploying this program in mammography centers and primary care offices. We're piloting it there. The individuals get an email that basically has the assessment 10 days before their appointment. 
once they take that assessment, if they're determined to be high risk, our nurse navigator contacts them and communicates with the physician involved as well regarding what the recommendations are. They communicate with the patient, provide patient education, and then refer them to a genetic counselor for pretest genetic counseling. Because many times those patients will have a genetic test that's recommended given the clinical guidelines by the national care organizations or the consensus bodies that create evidence-based guidelines. So the whole idea is to identify these folks up front early if they are high risk, get them into clinical pathways that are evidence-based and really kind of utilize more intensive screening, and then make sure that the entire health team is involved in terms of the information of what's happening in their care. Earlier, we alluded to the fact that this is not available to everybody, uh, mainly due to insurance. And I'm curious what advancements have been made in technology that have enabled more widespread and affordable genomic testing for a wider audience? Very timely question. So in 2003, the first genome was sequenced by the Human Genome Project by the, the National Institutes of Health. That cost $3 billion and took 13 years. Let's fast forward to today, where to sequence someone's entire genome to get that raw data with the latest equipment costs $200. Now, that still has to be interpreted and a report has to be provided, but that can be done in less than a day. So when you look at the trajectory of the technology, it really means that it's making genetic testing much more accessible for a variety of different medical conditions, and it's only going to become more frequent and only going to become the standard of care in more and more medical conditions. And so as we look to the future, we see it really being kind of the backbone or one of the fundamental parts of medical care going forward. How has genomics contributed to our overall understanding of complex diseases and the conditions? Yeah, that's a very good question. When we talk about complex diseases, cancer is certainly one, as is congestive heart failure, heart rhythm problems, neurodegenerative diseases. In all of these, really, it's not just one condition. It's actually multiple subtypes. And so what genetic testing enables us to do is to subtype these diseases based on their kind of molecular signatures or molecular mechanisms of action. Because many times these subtypes will behave in clinically different ways. They'll have different prognoses and they'll, they'll require different treatments. And so the idea at a high level is to transition from a, you know, a one size fits all approach to a truly personalized approach for the particular subtype of disease that a person has and make sure that the, the treatment is targeted to that molecular subtype. And Dr. Minton, I want to bring this back to breast cancer specifically. How does personalized medicine play a role in breast cancer treatment using genomic information? For patients who are able to get genetic testing before they're diagnosed with breast cancer, it gives them the opportunity to do something preventative, such as risk-reducing mastectomies or removal of their ovaries and tubes 
or maybe even depending on the mutation, beginning their screening colonoscopies at much younger ages and scanning for pancreatic cancer or evaluating their bladder for possible bladder cancer, since there are a number of genes that have been associated with these other malignancies that may predispose the patient to developing breast cancer. What we also use the genomic testing for is genetic testing of the actual cancer to help guide treatment because some patients will benefit from chemotherapy, whereas others really don't need to go through all the complications and complexities that are involved in administering chemotherapy. So we'll actually do genetic testing on the cancer to see if there is a role for chemotherapy in part of their treatment, as well as see if there are any actionable mutations in the DNA of the cancer cell that would change the type of immunotherapy that would work best for those patients. Because if you're going to go through treatment, you really want to know that that treatment is going to benefit you and be very effective in destroying your cancer and uh, get you to that disease-free status sooner. You know, what you're sharing here is truly incredible, but I know some in our audience may have concerns about legalities here, insurance coverage. What happens if it's discovered I have a major issue? Could you address that? There are three laws that protect them when it comes to genetic testing. The first one prevents their insurance company from dropping them if they were to test positive for an actionable mutation. The second is related to pre-existing conditions so that future insurance companies cannot deny them insurance coverage just based on the presence of a genetic mutation. And for those people who are still working, the GINA law, which was passed in 2008, protects them when it comes to employment. So employers are not allowed to use genetic information to hire, fire, or promote. So that way they can rest assured that they won't lose their coverage if they go ahead and proceed with the genetic testing. And in fact, when they release their health information for continuity of care or for any other reason, they actually have to check a separate box that specifically allows them to release their genetic information testing results as part of their medical record release. Well, that is good to know. I'm glad you pointed that out because that could be a concern that would prevent someone from going this route. want to wrap this up, Dr. Mitten, by asking you what inspires you to feel whole? What inspires me to feel whole is that I've seen patients go through breast cancer treatment and with this combined approach, they emerge as victors and survivors and it really motivates me to address the whole person because if their mental status, their dietary status and their activity levels are not addressed at the same time as them going through cancer treatment, their outcomes seem to be less than optimal. So addressing the whole person, not just the body part, has made all the difference in the world for our patients. And Dr. Walker, what inspires you to feel whole? What inspires me to feel whole is to see patients take information regarding their health, regarding if they're at elevated risk, and really become proactive about managing that risk, to see them become empowered, and to not only 
kind of provide information to their family members, but to use that information to make changes in their lives. And so, you know, it's very inspiring to see them do that and to be much more proactive about their health. We see kind of going forward, patients taking charge of how they manage their risk going forward. That's going to be an important part of genetic medicine going forward. And so that's what I find very energizing. Well, it's truly amazing to hear these advancements. And I think for everybody listening to know that maybe you have some control over this. If you get out in front of it, we all hear about diet and exercise, but you take it to a whole nother level here with genetic or genomic testing. It's pretty cool to hear about all this. And we appreciate both of you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. To learn more, visit adventhealth.com slash genomics or contact a nurse navigator in the Genomics and Personalized Health Program at 407-303-2091. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for any professional advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views expressed by our guests are their own. Their participation in this podcast does not imply an endorsement by them or any entity they represent.